When I say the manifestation works, it's because not only have I manifested things that are right for me in my life, but I became way more authentic in everything that I do. And if it's not coming to me, it's not meant to be. From To Be Magnetic, this is The Expanded Podcast with your host, Lacey Phillips. destination for neural manifestation, we dispel the woo-woo in order to help you create real, tangible results based on neuroplasticity, psychology, epigenetics, and energetics. Our goal is to normalize the practice of manifestation and empower you to get into the driver's seat of your life in order to manifest the experiences, relationships, and things that most align with your authenticity. Part of our manifestation process entails expanding past your limiting subconscious beliefs. Therefore, by tuning into this podcast with interviews from experts, thought leaders, spiritual teachers, scientists, and those with neural manifestation success stories, you're starting the process of expanding your subconscious in order to see to believe that anything you desire is possible. And by pressing play, the process begins. Welcome back, everyone, to the Expanded Podcast. Jessica here. We have a really fun guest today. You guys are probably well aware of her. She is an actress, singer, and producer. You probably recognize her from her breakout roles on the Disney Channel series, The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, and playing Sharpay in High School Musical. Today, we have Ashley Tisdale. Ashley has since gone on to launch a lifestyle and wellness company called Frenchie, which was really birthed out of her desire to connect and share her wellness and mental health journey from a place of balance and authenticity. And Ashley is an avid TBM member who does the work. You may have heard Lacey do Ashley's IG Live last year on the Frenchie channel. We can link that in the show notes. I think you guys are absolutely going to love this episode. Ashley is such a joy and just a light beam to like hear and interact with. You're going to absolutely fall in love if you aren't already. And Lacey and her really dive into motherhood, mental health journeys, things that really aren't talked about in the motherhood process what Ashley's background and upbringing was like for her and what sort of modeling was presented to her, as well as her struggles with anxiety. And they even dive into Ashley's own unique manifestation process and what she's manifested on the other side using the TBM work. Ashley also shares about her really authentic, aligned marriage and beautiful relationship that she has. And for any fans who are super into interior design like myself, definitely recommend checking out Ashley's Architectural Digest feature, which talks about her designing her entire home, which is to die for. I know you guys are absolutely going to love this one. And one more thing I wanted to share with you guys before we jump into the episode, we have our Unblocking Challenge finally launching on Monday, June 6th, this upcoming Monday. It is our most comprehensive unblocking experience to date. 
When I tell you guys that we have been preparing these deep imaginings to be the most effective we could possibly make them, it has been, I want to say almost a year in the making between the research and finding the right binaural beats and composing the right frequencies and music and researching specific healing modalities and testing them and going through the unblocking process. And we have come up with such incredible content for you guys that is really going to help super speed your unblocking process in order to connect with your manifestation on the other side. We worked with EMDR certified and licensed marriage and family therapist, Janelle Nelson, as well as our neuroscience and psychology advisor, Dr. Tara Swart, to really make these the most effective DIs that we possibly could. And so we have five brand new DIs that are coming out, safe, unblocked, fear, anxiety, and align action, all of which we are taking through one specific theme to really help work through that block that is preventing you from connecting with your manifestations and being magnetic on the other side. And even though this is our most comprehensive unblocking process, it's all in the neural pathways and all in the deep imagining. So it is actually one of our easiest challenges because it's one DI and journal prompts to focus on per week. So you just have to pop in your headphones, take your journal with you, and you will be on a super speeding unblocking process. So it's kicking off June 6th on Monday. It will be launched in a little portal in the Pathway free to all Pathway members. If you are not in the Pathway, we are also launching our biggest summer sale of the year. This is the perfect time to sign up, kick off the challenge with us, work through these blocks, understand the process, and be even closer with your manifestation on the other side. If you are interested in the sale, I will share more about that in the mid-roll, and you can check out the show notes for more details on the challenge and the sale. Can't wait to see you guys to unblock. And now a word from our partners. So when we made the decision to bring on partners to partner with on this podcast to take it to the next level so that we could bring on even greater experts than we have recently, one of the main ones we've been talking about lately that I personally have been mentioning for the last two years is Blue Blocks, the blue and green light blocking company. I have two episodes with the founder, Andy Mann, and I've shared that I own four of their products that I've bought with my own money. That's the yellow glasses for daytime when it's overcast or rainy. So if you live in the UK or the Pacific Northwest, it's especially good for you. The red glasses, which I wear at night after the sun goes down, as well as the clear glasses, which are meant for sunny days during the day. I also swear by, travel with, and use every single night their blue light blocking sleep mask. So of course it was a no brainer to partner with Blue Blocks. I know actually many, many, many people in this community already have some of the products. But one thing I wanna highlight today is the last episode that I did with founder Andy Mant, where we really, really dove deeply into hormones, fertility, aging, so pure vanity of what blue light and green light are doing to our aging process and educating on blue light in general. And that's linked below if you haven't heard that episode. It is so enthralling. But for perspective, just one thing that I wanna bring to your attention is how blue light's affecting you in general. And one of the major ways that nobody's really aware of is that blue light and green light are omitting from most of the devices that you're using daily. 
certainly your computer, your phone, but things you don't even realize like the clock on your oven or the lights on your Wi-Fi device. They're everywhere. And in that episode, Andy gives a really, really good free tip to take duct tape and put it over all of the blue and green light in your house. So there was a recent study that he was sharing with me on the podcast, which tests the frequencies of how light disrupts melatonin production, which is vital for not only sleep, but for the total balance and circadian rhythm of all of our hormones. And the authors found a very distinct band of light that suppresses melatonin that's 400 nm to 550 nm. This is 100% of blue light. Green light runs from 500 to 570 nm. And the study showed that blocking 100% of green light up to 550 nm is always required for optimal melatonin secretion. So if you're somebody who suffers from any type of sleep troubles whatsoever, hormone issues, and you're noticing rapid aging, blue light blocking is vital for you. It certainly has been for me, who has dealt with fertility and hormone disruption now for years. So if you're not familiar with the ways that you can go ahead and mitigate this in our world where literally we're surrounded by blue and green light, especially in the evenings, may it be light pollution outside, street lights, in your car, you know, even the screens in our car are affecting us. You're definitely gonna wanna tune in to Blue Blocks and their array of products. They've really thought of everything so far that we can do to mitigate this light. And they're the only brand that's 100% backed by science. So if you wanna learn more about Blue Blocks, go ahead and check the link below, listen to that episode, it'll blow your mind. You'll notice your sleep transforming immediately, just starting with the glasses. And if you want to give any of their products a try, use the code all caps magnetic, M-A-G-N-E-T-I-C for 15% off your purchase. So things have gotten pretty hippie in Topanga. Back when I lived in Echo Park, I had a pretty decent edible garden, but Teddy has re-inspired me to go to the ninth degree. So we have a massive garden structure that we built to plant our biodynamic garden. And we are seeding with the new moon and, you know, harvesting with the full moon. And my beets are already coming up. My beans are coming up. My chard's coming up. Kale, I'm planting in succession. All of this to say that I really, really have the goal to set Teddy's foundation of her microbiome to be as powerful as it can be within my control of the toxicity that we live in in today's age. That's why I've been really committed and privileged enough to breastfeed her through all of the challenges <laughs> that I've gone through, which have been many, and you've heard about it on this podcast. It's also why I began taking seed probiotic as you know from hearing me talk about them before, that our marketing director, Grace, introduced us to Seed. She's been taking it for ages. She's seen profound results. So when it came time to enrich my milk and help with Teddy's gas, I was like, I've got to get on a probiotic via my doulas. And Seed was obviously the gold standard to turn to because it is just that. It's the gold standard within the probiotic world. Things that I really appreciate about seed is that it has a 100% survival rate, meaning that it absolutely gets down to your gut to colonize it, whereas competitors have about a 20% survival rate. Their advisory board is chalk with some of the most profound scientists. 
Dr. Gregory Reed being one of them. He's actually the chief scientist that coined the word probiotic. So safe to say everybody at TBM is using seed probiotics and their monthly subscription. We're incredibly proud of it. We are beyond proud to be partnered with them. If you are interested in trying their probiotic, you'll receive 15% off the first month by going to the link below and that's at seed.com and using the code CAPS TBM and the number 15. Again, that's TBM 15. All right, on to the episode. We're so happy to have you. I'm obviously so happy to have you. Not only is it kismet that we spoke and did an Instagram live pre having a baby, I think we were both far along. What were we like? Almost third trimester? Yeah, I feel like I was like two months out from having the baby. <laughs> and ours are two weeks apart, right? Our girls? Uh, yes, yeah. Wow. So not only was that really kismet, and then of course, having Aries girls, you know, right around the same time. And then so beautiful that we got to catch you at the event, you know, and I got to meet your husband, who's so lovely. So this feels really, really wonderful to finally chat on this platform. It's so funny. Like I just really started to get into podcasts and basically because I, I've been walking a lot doing my steps, like my trainer has me and there's only two podcasts I listen to. It's my friend Ariel's and it's this. <laughs> so, well, we're all waiting for the Frenchie podcast. Oh my gosh. I know. I was like, when is the Frenchie podcast going to happen? I know. Like, there's just so much on my plate right now. So I'm like, maybe eventually. Well, let's start with that. What's on your plate? Well, obviously the biggest thing that is on my plate is a beautiful little baby girl. And (laughs) that has definitely changed my life in so many amazing ways. I feel like I'm still in this moment trying to find, and I think I'm getting it, but I'm trying to find the work-life balance. Prior to having a child, I obviously like just always worked and I was so busy and I, I do multiple things at a time. And so it definitely took me a minute to adjust to be like, oh, okay, so this is going to be definitely a little bit different. And your life changes, you know, especially changed in the last two years of just obviously staying home as well. But yeah, I mean, she's amazing. And being a mom is so awesome. It just makes everything so much better. But then also I have Frenchie, which has just been such an amazing community and platform that I had launched in the beginning of the pandemic to really connect with people on my journey through wellness and how my journey through it was with mental health, because I obviously suffer from anxiety and depression. And there was a couple years ago, I had gone through something where I thought something was wrong with me and it was actually just anxiety, but I was meeting with all of these different practitioners from holistic to non-holistic. And I just learned so much in that time about our bodies and how living a cleaner lifestyle is important. So launching Frenchie was just something I really didn't know what to expect because we were all home and quarantined, but it has really just grown and it's so awesome to have experts on there talking about everything from gut issues to plastic surgery and really just love sharing my journey with people. And it's vulnerable, obviously, and super scary to be that vulnerable, but there's just something in me that's like, I am meant to share this because I just want to help people with choices that I've made and experiences that I've had, I want to just share those. And 
So it's been great and it's now evolving into a product line, which I can't talk too much about, but it has been something I've been working on for the last two years and have really enjoyed that process. And so I'm excited to eventually come out and share it with everybody. That's amazing. Well, let's just like get right into the mom piece because I have like mom questions at this point. (laughs) And, you know, you've been such a beautiful resource. Even when I saw you at the event, you guys had sleep trained and you really, really loved your sleep trainer. And when I was in like the depths of darkness. I was like, oh my gosh, Ashley, will you pass on this contact? I didn't eventually end up using her because I'm just a complete codependent attachment style hippie at this point. I'm just having to own it and go like, this is a short period of life. I'll do things very differently with the next baby. It's so good to know who you are and like, we should not judge each other as mothers. Agreed. You know, it should be left up to what you feel comfortable with. So tell us about that, because I remember watching your journey. A, I want to hear about your birth a little, but also you had a really, really challenging time with breastfeeding in a different way I had never seen before. It must have been a hormonal situation where it was causing constant nausea when you were nursing, right? It was really, really challenging. Yeah. So I definitely had a difficult postpartum. I thought maybe breastfeeding was going to be easier than I thought. And right from the start in the hospital, she just wasn't like latching very well. So then, you know, this uh, nurse came in with a nipple shield and like gave me that and tried to help. And it definitely helped a little, but Jupiter is like me. I get hangry and she is that way too, that like she's fine. And then when she's hungry, she's hungry. And so it was just like, she was so emotional and frustrated, which was making me frustrated because it just felt like I needed to have this nipple shield in order to do what I was doing. And then the placement of her and holding her a certain way. And it was just a lot of anxiety around that. So after two weeks of trying, I was just like, I need to put myself aside of what I thought I was going to do because the most important thing is her and how she is thriving. And she's just clearly not into this. And so I gave her a bottle and I'm not kidding you. It was the easiest and she was so happy. And so I was like, okay, so I'm just going to obviously pump and put that in the bottle and then she'll get my breast milk. But then as that was happening, I mean, there was like a lot of stuff that they had kind of diagnosed. There was something like with dysphoric type of situation where it's like when you're pumping, you just get the opposite of what you're supposed to feel. And that's from a hormonal situation. And so it was nausea. It was like, I wasn't looking forward to it. I felt like I would just was a machine. Ugh, I just felt horrible. And then I started having chronic pain in my back, like my upper shoulders, They were just trying to figure out what it was. And it was so bad, the pain that I was like crawling on the floor sometimes at night from just being in so much pain. And we didn't know what was causing it. And then I just started feeling like really alone because everyone kept on saying like, this is not a normal postpartum symptom. And it turned out one morning I heard like my stomach make a noise. And I was like, why is my stomach making noise? Like super early in the morning, like I'm hungry. And at this point though, I had started to stop pumping as much. So I was like transitioning her to formula. And then I was like, I wonder if it's acid reflux. Cause I have had acid reflux, but nothing to the extent of this painful, but it turns out early on, my doctor had mentioned like, what have you been on since leaving the hospital? And they obviously put you on Motrin. And so I guess that, and it was so bad. I had chronic acid reflux, which actually starts to have pain 
in the middle of your shoulder blades. And because I had acid reflux with her when I was pregnant, you can't be on Prilosec. So they give you something else that's good for the you know baby and stuff. And so I just took that one morning and it completely went away. Wow. Oh my gosh. So it didn't last long, like me pumping. I, I really transitioned her. At that point, I was just like, these are major signs that this is just not working out and the pain that I'm feeling. I mean, I was not breastfed. I was on formula. So I was like, it's fine. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've never had a drop of breast milk in my life. So, and I was a cesarean. So. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like, I just felt that this was the right choice for us. And I didn't feel any shame. Yes, at, when I started to like dry up, I was like, this sucks because I definitely was providing enough milk. But the fact that it just didn't work out, I knew like at the end of my journey with that, that yeah, it kind of felt like, uh, it felt like a little bit like I failed. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? I didn't because this is just not the journey with her. Like this is not what she wanted. It, it didn't feel great for her. It didn't feel great for me. And I don't know. I just felt like once we knew that formula and bottles worked with her, she was just so happy. And I was just like, that's what you lean into. And you don't lean into like what you thought was going to be the way. I just think it's such a good message for the entire journey of mothering and the relationship of mother and child or parenting. I want to say parenting because there are many different parents that aren't just mothers and caretakers. So I just think it's such a beautiful, beautiful and vulnerable story to share. Thank you. Because I think a lot of people go through very similar experiences to you. And I think it can be incredibly comforting and expansive to know that people aren't alone. Because I think that feeling of failure is so big. There were two points that I was at my lowest and lowest. If I weren't as privileged as I am through the darkness of it just being able to nurse, making sure that that could even be a possibility because I was underproducing for so long. And so I know exactly what those dark depths feel like. And I don't think it's spoken about enough. I think a lot of people think, oh, you just, you know, breastfeed your kid after if you want to, if you if you can make that choice, if you're privileged enough at this point to make that choice, because many people have to go right back to a physical job where they would be pumping. So I just think that's such a beautiful and important thing to share. And thank you for that. Yeah, no, definitely. I also feel like sometimes we get in our own way. And I think that it's important to remember that even though our ideas of what we think, that little human being, she has her own way and they might not match. And so it's important to like listen to your child and see what is really great for her or him because sometimes our ideas might just be getting in the, our own way of being on like, okay, this is what's working. I completely, completely agree. I love it. What, how are things going now, right now, just in general? What's Jupiter up to? Oh my gosh. She is just everywhere. <laughs> She's <all over>. Totally. <laughs> She's like about to start walking. It's just wild how they say it goes by so fast because it truly does. Mm -hmm. And she's so great. Yeah, she's just so smart. You know, like obviously we've had dogs for like a lot of us. <laughs> Same. And it's like you are with them, but they don't answer you back. You know, they're not like shaking their head yes or no. And it's so awesome to be like, oh, are you ready for a nap? And she'll shake her head yes. And I'm like, oh my God, she knows what she wants. And like, she 
knows when it's time when she's sleepy. She knows what she wants for food. Like it's just so great to like now she's communicating a lot. And so, you know, she says mama, dada. She says wawa. I just love seeing her grow. And I think that she's just been so great. And she's just such a special little being. Well, speaking of little beings, give us your cultural background and upbringing. So I originally was born in New Jersey and I grew up in basically, I would say both New Jersey and New York City because I started at such a young age acting. I was three years old when I started doing commercials and modeling. And so I was being brought into New York City every day by my mom. And then I started going to school in New York City as well. So I had an amazing upbringing. I think that it was obviously very different. I didn't know that obviously at the time, but I think that my parents were really great at knowing that I was meant to do something, but still wanting to keep my childhood normal. And I think that is a really hard balance because I've seen a lot of friends grow up in the business and have different experiences than I have. And their parents just are different in some ways. And I am so grateful for my family for, especially because my dad was really adamant that I went to regular school my whole life. So he really wanted me to have a very normal upbringing. And I fell into the business because I was just at the mall in New Jersey. And my manager at the time, I was with my manager at that manager for like 30 years, no joke. It was wild. But he was in the mall and was just saw me in, in the in the stroller and I had like really tight curly hair and and big brown eyes and he thought I was so cute. And he said to my mom, Have you ever thought about putting her in the business? And my mom was like, No, we don't really want to do that. And he was just like, Oh, she's just so cute. And here's my card if you ever think about it. So basically she just took the card and my grandma had suffered a loss. And so she was really trying to get my grandma out of the house in life again. And she was like, you know what? This guy gave me his card. Maybe we take Ashley into the city and, you know, come with us. And there's a commercial audition that, you know, he mentioned. And so it was really basically because my grandma. And so I ended up going in and I booked that first commercial and booked seven commercials after that. And so that was wow. parents knew like, okay, maybe this is like what she's meant to do. It was very clear that that was really a path that I was supposed to be taking. And so, yeah, so I've done it ever since, obviously. And I've always had the chance to not be in it because my parents have always said, you know, if you ever don't want to do this, you do not have to. But I was always very sure of who I was growing up. And even though I was in school and I could do cheerleading tryouts and I could have done maybe playing soccer and stuff, that stuff I always thought really ahead. And I was like, what is that going to do for me later in life? And I was just always thinking that way. And I just loved what I did in, in the business. I loved being an actress. And so I basically was like, this is what I'm meant to do. I grew up with a family that is definitely all over the place. Like my mom is Jewish But my grandma, she married outside of the religion and then everybody else did started to as well. So then it's like really kind of my mom's side of the family is like half Jewish, we say, and like half Catholic. (laughs) Mm, Totally. I see where this went. Yep. (laughs) All over the place. And then my dad obviously was just raised Methodist. So my own parents are not very religious. Like my dad 
grew up that way. And then as he got older, he has always been like, you can pray anywhere type of feeling. And that could be, you know, in a temple, in a church. But what I loved about it was that my mom taught me and my dad taught me to just be like really respectful over every religion and that God is everywhere. And so I really did feel comfortable going to church and I felt comfortable going to the temple. You know, like I have people in my life that are Buddhist. So I, I'm, I'm totally respectful of that. The one thing I would say for me though, because I've been so open about it and my parents raised me that way and, and not really in any religious manner, I sometimes feel like, where do I belong? Because the Jewish side, I just don't really understand Hebrew. So it's like, if I'm in temple, I don't really understand what they're saying. But then I guess I have connected in a Methodist Presbyterian way. I've gone to church a couple times and been like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I love this. But it's, yeah, sometimes I'm just like, where do I belong on like <laughs> the religion aspect? Absolutely. But you know what's so funny is that when I feel the most connected to God is actually when I'm doing yoga and meditating. In the beginning of this pandemic, when I was like super anxious, I was like, oh my God, what's going to happen? What's, you know, I went to do yoga outside. I just felt it. I felt so zen. That's really how I connect. So I want to say I had a normal childhood, but obviously I really didn't. I have literally worked every single day of my life. The longest period of time I have had off was just in this pandemic, to be honest. Like never had off that much time in my life. Since I was three, I have been working every day on something. So that was definitely an interesting thing to go through, but also really amazing. And I think it kind of helped me focus in on exactly what I want to do. And so that has just been a really cool journey the last couple of years. Now I'm like, I'm so curious. I'm like, what were your parents' professions? You know, now I'm like looking from more of a manifestation standpoint. I'm like, what, what were you seeing subconsciously through their professions? So my dad has always, he's, he's in construction. He owns his company. And then my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Like she loved fashion. She went to fashion college and she like had a store when we were growing up, but she really dedicated a lot of her life to like taking me into New York City and to follow my dreams, which looking back, I'm just like, wow, my parents sacrificed a lot. Now me being in a place where I have a daughter and also my husband, I can't imagine, you know, my mom started going to LA with me. There was parts of maybe months where she wouldn't see my dad. And I'm like, she did that all for me. And my dad was like, okay with it too, because he wanted to see me succeed in what I wanted to do. And I was like, I can't believe I would never, I would be like, babe, you're coming with me. You know, obviously as an actress, like I do travel and shoot movies, but I have this me and Chris have this understanding. It's like, okay, there's only this amount of time we'll stay away. And my dad definitely obviously visited us, but I don't know. It's just amazing what my parents obviously sacrificed to help me with my work. But yeah, she basically just helped me. And my dad, at the point where we just knew that LA was where I was working a lot and really where I wanted to be, my sister was going to go to college here. So it was no brainer for my dad to be like, let's just move there. And what's so amazing about him is that he took the test, obviously, to be a contractor out here in New Jersey. And just so he was fully prepared, came out here, he ended up working for someone else. He didn't know anyone. So it's not like he could just kind of continue his business by himself. 
So he was working for someone else on actually Darren Starr's house, which is the um, creator of Sex and the City and a huge executive producer. And so he was working on this house in the hills. And the problem was his boss wasn't paying the subcontractors and, and even my dad. And it was going on forever. And Darren just really liked my dad. I think he just saw that my dad was very much able to finish the job. And so he fired the guy that wasn't paying anybody and hired my dad to finish it. And my dad, basically from then on, it's all been word of mouth. I mean, as you know, and I've, I've worked with other contractors as well. And I think this is something that's so special about my dad because he's very East coast mentality. My dad is a type of person with all of his work that he comes in he doesn't want to ever like surprise his clients. So he's like, this is going to be this much. And most of the time it's like less than that. So people love that, but he just gets in, gets the job done and like leaves. He's just a contractor that people love and they use him over and over because he really just wants to get the job done. There's some shady contractors out there and they'll take forever (laughs) to do things. I'm like, can I get your dad's number? Number one. Number two, just for context, if nobody has ever remodeled a space or worked on anything, Max's mom gave me advice when I was doing my first house and said, it will be double, whatever they estimate, it'll be double that and it'll take double as long. And I was like, nah, this is Mariput, like where I'm from. It's like cheaper up here. She was completely accurate. And again, on this house in Topanga, completely accurate. I know it's so wild and he really is great at what he does. He's a perfectionist. That's kind of where I get my perfectionism from. And so if something isn't right, he'll like have his guys do it over. He's just so great at all of that stuff. And now he's, you know, I mean, he's been working on like amazing homes since he's been out here, but at this point he's doing like crazy expensive homes and he would never have had that being in New Jersey. So it's really awesome to see what his career has done and how he's really thrived out here. So what I witnessed when I was younger is just really hard work. He works really hard. He's worked hard to get to where he is and where he owns a company. Now he obviously has project managers and he does like five places at a time. And he's just really, I think, great. And he's very prideful and proud of his homes that he creates. I mean, it's not easy working with him, like for me, because I'm his daughter. And so like he treats his clients obviously different, but like me and my dad working together, we've done over the last couple of years. And it's just like, it is like, we are the same person. (laughs) Completely, completely. Well, I have so many questions. Now I'm like, you have a sister. How did she feel about, you know, your mom was so dedicated to your, I'm like, tell me everything. This is amazing. You know, I think my sister, when she was younger, the hardest thing for her was I went on tour when I was eight years old with the Broadway show Les Miserables. So I toured for a year and a half, but my dad and my sister would come out to like every single city that we would go to. But I do think she felt bummed at that time because she was like really wanting my mom. But at the same time, my sister is, I've always said like my second mom, like she is such a mom. She's a mom herself. But since she was young, she's always taken care of like my family. I can't even explain it. Like me and my mom were more like sisters growing up where we would get into fights and I'd call my sister to be the one who balances it out. And it's just so funny because she's always, I would sometimes call her mom because I, but I accident or just, 
I don't know whether it was like I was with my mom so much that I just call her that, but she always would answer to it. So it was really funny. If we were at a mall, people would like look at me and my sister being like, how is that possible? Wow. So she's older. Yeah. She's four years older. She's such a amazing, I can't even explain it. She's the best sister. She's always taken care of me. She's always wanted to see me do what I love to do. You know, she did the same thing growing up, but she she did what my parents obviously left open for us. She liked it, but she wasn't having the best time doing it. And she really is a social person. And so she loved being in school and doing like cheerleading. And she was a cheerleader in college. And she loved that whole experience of college and having the fraternity and vice president. So she's very extrovert social. And so she left the business for a while and, you know, it's always been left up to us whether we want to do it or not. And I think after college, she tried to get back into it, but it's really hard to separate and then kind of get back into it. I always feel with acting, it's, it's just something that you, you have to keep working on just like with any tool, you know, you have to keep up with classes. You've got to keep growing as an artist, just like you would keep growing as a dancer or whatever profession you're in. And so I think that she tried to, and and then she actually ended up doing more of uh, production, but now she, she started working with my dad and she's really loved doing that. It's hard because she's one of those people that's like really good at doing a lot of different things. So anything that she does do, she's very good at, but you know, once she had a daughter, she had to really sit down and figure out like what she wanted to do. And she's also a single mom, which as you know, that I feel as being a mom now, I think my sister is a superhero. I think any single parent is a superhero. It is so hard. And so I think that really made her super serious on like, okay, what can I do to help? You know, I have a kid now. Is this, because I obviously follow on Instagram, is this the niece you're always posting? Yes, Michaela. So cute and sweet. Wow. Yeah, she definitely has a superhero for a mom. Being raised by a single mom, literally being a mom myself like you, there is no stronger, more powerful person in the world than a single parent. It is so hard. Yeah. Huge kudos. So we know that you're a cancer. I know that you're a cancer. Do you know your moon and rising? I think that my rising is a Taurus. Okay. And then... I remember my rising as a Taurus. Maybe my moon is Cancer, actually. Maybe a double. Wow. Well, it would make sense on the the interior front. The Taurian, Cancerian energy loves a beautiful home, <laughs> loves design. <laughs> so that would make sense to me. I could see that. I love that. My other question, how does anxiety present for you? I mean, obviously we know anxiety comes from a multitude of different things, but what triggers it? What does it feel like? How have you learned to manage it? Which obviously you share so much about in the brand. You know, I think growing up, I I had a healthy anxiety. I mean, anxiety is, is good for us to have. And so I think like growing up, like I definitely had anxiety, but I wasn't affected as I am now by it. When I was younger, it would be like heart flutters when I was excited I remember having a panic attack and nobody even told me it was a panic attack, but it was right before I was performing in Italy for this TRL and I was performing my second album. And 
I just had this major freak out in the bathroom because I am a perfectionist and I had done sound check and it just sounded horrible. I couldn't hear my band very well. I was so scared. You know, I sing live. I just was like, this is all not prepared. And I just felt like this is not going to go well. So that was kind of, I feel like maybe my first panic attack that I just didn't know was a panic attack. And that was in my twenties. But before then there really wasn't anything except for, you know, stomach kind of like things where I'd be like a little anxious. When I really became aware of my anxiety is when it got worse because I decided to do this book called The Presence Process. The whole point is obviously to make you more present, which I love because I am more present. I look at trees and nature in a different way since doing this book, but I felt like it was opening Pandora's box because it made me very aware of my anxiety and more aware of my symptoms in my body. That freaks me out. So I think that my anxiety stems from symptoms, kind of like you're you know, you're a little nervous and suddenly I start to feel a certain way and then that makes me a little bit anxious and then I'm like, oh my gosh, and then it gets even worse. And so that was what I was dealing with like a couple years ago. You know, what they say is like, if you have anxiety, you do suffer from depression and they kind of go hand in hand because if you have anxiety for a while, you're starting to deplete your serotonin, which can make you depressed. And so that was really a moment that I had five years ago where I really had to face it and know that I was suffering from, from those two things really bad. And I was in the middle of doing a pilot, like a TV show pilot for CBS. And I could tell something was really wrong with me because I was physically shaking as if I was in shock. They would say cut and I'd start shaking. They'd say action and my body would stop. Wow. Because it remembers just being professional. Yeah. It was just like, I would be able to act, but then they would say cut. And I looked to my makeup artist. I said, I think something's wrong with me. Like, I think there's something going on with my body. I think something's wrong with me. And she was like, you're suffering really bad with anxiety. And I said, I don't think so. This is worse. Like I've had anxiety. And she's like, no, 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 this is anxiety. Do this book. I have done this book and it helped me. And I haven't had a panic attack since I was 14. And she's obviously like a lot older at this point. And so she had told me about this book called Attacking Anxiety and Depression. It was the best thing I ever did because if you just dedicate like 30 minutes every morning to it, it has these like audio tapes. It has this little workbook and the audio tapes are group sessions of people talking about their symptoms. And so you don't feel alone in it anymore. And it really goes through every symptom and every, like even one on perfectionism. And I didn't even know that is a part of anxiety. So It really helped me get through that moment in my life where it kind of like, I knew I had to change and I had to figure out something. And actually recently I've done it again. I've gone back to it because I have definitely have a little bit of like a hormonal type of thing since having the baby. And I think that that hormonal imbalance right before my period, I just started to get anxious again. And then I realized now by tracking how I feel I'm is being caused by my period. So I was like, okay, you know, but I love revisiting things that really work because I do think that the last two years, definitely I showed signs of having anxiety come back into my life and feeling funky, but they would go away because it was just like, I also was pregnant. And then you have all those amazing hormones and you're just like so excited. And then you have this beautiful baby. And so there was definitely, I would kind of 
see if I, if I looked back like, oh yeah. And, and there's obviously reasons why I've been anxious because of the state of the world sometimes. And so I liked revisiting the book because it really does ground me a lot. Yeah. I love that resource. I'm so glad that you shared that. I know so many people will be able to connect with that. So I'm quickly interrupting this episode to invite you if you're ready to start your manifestation journey, or if anything you've heard in our manifestation episodes has piqued your interest to begin. We have a la carte workshops in everything from the basics bundle, which is what we recommend to everyone who starts. It's the formula that actually teaches you how to manifest, unblocked inner child, and unblocked shadow. We also have a la carte workshops on love and money. But the real gem is the Pathway membership because it encompasses every single workshop we have. It's a year-long membership with full access to the few a la carte offerings we have and exclusive workshops not available anywhere else, such as the daily practice, which is what everybody in the Pathway uses, hopefully at least three times a week to daily in order to truly create the new neural pathways that one needs in order to manifest and houses the library of our deep imaginings, which is our unique hypnosis process that allows you to get into your subconscious and overwrite those old neural pathways, creating the new ones. And right now we have our biggest membership sale for the summer going on where you can access some of the cheapest offerings for the pathway for the entire year. This is for new or returning members only. It is not valid for any active plans. If you are up for a renewal soon, an email will be on the way. But for any of the new or returning members, you can spin the spinner and receive a code. That code gives you a special discount that you can use for the 12-month membership commitment. Again, this is a limited time offer for our summer sale that will only be available until July 15th. We are kicking off the Unblocking Challenge Monday, June 6th, where you're going to take your biggest block preventing you from your manifestation and work through it to connect with your manifestations on the other side of the six-week challenge. So make sure to sign up soon so you can participate in the challenge with us. You can click the link in the show notes or on the To Be Magnetic website to spin the spinner and enter into the pathway for the lowest rate of the summer. Okay, now back to the episode. For me, anxiety is always, always paired with hormones. So it's whenever I have really high estrogen is when I move into the depression anxiety zone. And I can recognize it because I'm so in tune with my body. And like you, I track. Last night, even I was going through an experience of this because I'm an overproducer of hormones. So I can tell like, oh, wow, I haven't cleared out enough estrogen in my body as I was lying in bed last night because my mind started spinning and it was leading to a depression where it was like sadness. And then whenever I have very low estrogen, like you're talking about when we're emptying out really fast, right before the cycle, it's a different type of anxiety. It's like, I suck. <laughs> and so it's all the anxiety that comes around with like, people must hate me. I suck, etc. And so it's very hormonally paired. But I'm glad that you mentioned that connection, because I think a lot of people aren't aware of that. No. And I honestly, you know, I don't know if, if this has been triggered, obviously having a baby, because 
I've always had normal PMS symptoms prior, but I'm very sensitive. I, I definitely had, when I was growing up, really kind of bad PMS. And so I didn't realize, or like I said, it could have been triggered after having a baby, but it is definitely, hormonal health is not talked about enough and the hormonal imbalances that we go through. And I honestly feel like I've said this in um, on a post, but it's so wild that in different countries, mothers are taken care of after having a baby and really like helped through postpartum. And it's so interesting to me that in the States, basically they do a checkup and they're like, cool, you're good to go. And you're like, but what, <laughs> what yeah. my body is going through the weirdest thing. And like, I feel like you had so many different symptoms of just weird stuff that you go through for months after having a baby. Like, how is there not people there to help you, like in a way, build back who you are as a person? Completely. (laughs) And the biggest piece accessible to all, because only the privileged have that doula support, that postpartum doula or herbalist you can talk to, et cetera, because allopathically, it's not usually that supported either. It is mind boggling. I go to a lymphatic drainage, a girl, Rebecca, and she was telling me in in Brazil that after you have a baby, they actually do this whole like rehabilitation for diastasis because I have diastasis from the baby. Even that, that's free. That's free in Brazil. They apparently like just help you through that situation. I'm like, that is wild. I wouldn't have even known I had it if it wasn't for, I saw a chiropractor and they were like, oh, you did have a baby? Can you just like lift up for a minute? And they're the ones, not even my gynecologist told me. I know it's, it is so crazy. And I mean, this is a whole nother conversation in itself, but it's, it's important for people to know, like there are a lot of resources and self-education that one can do because it's hard. I feel like I finally landed back in who I am probably around month nine, just getting back to like, oh, this is me not being crazy. Like this is me. And then the hardest part for me, I think my hormones have maybe led into like a little bit of a PCOS-y kind of situation because I got my cycle back. I'm nursing. So I got my cycle back at 10 months and they're six weeks. So it's something I've never dealt with before. They're every six weeks. I can't lose weight. It's all the things. So, which I know how to deal with that. Thank God I have so much hormonal education and I'm doing great things that I can feel the shift happening. But for the average person that that just happens to, that's so disruptive. I know there are so many questions out there. And, you know, even for me, I had manageable anxiety and then suddenly, It's funny because month nine for me is where I started having this hormonal kind of. Wow. And so I've really been like interested. And I obviously now after doing my book again, I feel like I'm in such a better place than I was two months ago. But yeah, it's just important for us to kind of just have these resources and and be talking about this stuff. So people, you know, know these things. A hundred percent. How is it going with working with Heather? (laughs) I guess this is like kind of an off uh, combo, but I'm just curious because everybody else, you know, knows of her and the brand. How is that process going? Because I remember you connected with her. She's amazing. But I do want to start out. I don't even know if people know this about me. I don't know because I feel feel like I've obviously talked about this, but you changed my life like five years ago. I found you from a friend. A friend referred you. And I've always been a manifester. I love 
manifesting. I love the idea of manifesting. I mean, you manifested your first manager at three. You should be teaching me what to do. <laughs> as, a, as a child. As a child, <laughs> honestly. But it's very true. Like I literally, I think, you know, when I was eight years old, my manager always told me the story that I had gone into his office after seeing Les Miserables and saying that I wanted to be in that show. Wow. He said, well, have you sing before? And I said, no. And he's like, well, actually it's a, it's a musical. You've got to sing. And I was like, just get me the audition and I will get it. And I did. I, I booked the job and I was not even a singer. I have the chills. That's insane. It's pretty wild. So, but yeah, I've always done vision boards, obviously like watch the secret, you know, when I was younger and stuff, but what I loved about you, it makes so much sense And I always felt like vision boards helped focus me in, but they like wouldn't really work as well. And after doing your manifestation kit or, you know, like the whole, all of those sessions and I would do it every day. And what was amazing was that since doing your stuff, not only have I manifested things that are right for me in my life, but I became way more authentic in everything that I do. Oh, that's the best part. That's the best thing to hear. It's so good because I had this brand at the time, this makeup brand, and I was like, really had high hopes for it because I had this mission. I was like taking it over from a company that I'd worked with. And I was really like, this is my mission. This is why I I want to keep going with it. And I thought that was like what I was meant to do. And I was doing your stuff and I was there was complete red flags of why I shouldn't be doing what I was doing. <laughs> mm, that's amazing. At the time I was like, just like ignoring them. And this is really where my anxiety and my stress, that's where all of that kind of like came to a culmination because it was really a lot of pressure, a lot of stress taking over a company and, and trying. And I was really trying so hard. I had been doing your work, but I, I was ignoring some of the stuff that was like, clearly like, this is not meant to be, I shouldn't be doing this. And I said to people like, this is either going to be the biggest learning lesson or like a a success in that I've, I've been able to do this on my own. I was literally doing it on my own, no support. And it ended up being the biggest lesson. And I never done something on my own like this. I, I literally did business school in a year. It's the best when you have to do it in real time with the company. It's like the best. This is wild. Like I was doing a TV show for Netflix and in makeup and hair, I was putting discount codes in on my Shopify. (laughs) I had no assistant. I had no assistance at all. And I just got to a point where I was like, this is clearly not what I'm meant to do. The only reason why I kept trying is because why I was doing it was because I just really wanted to make people feel beautiful. And that the makeup I was creating was not to change yourself, was to just enhance your beauty. And I was just like, I completely failed. And of course I cried hysterically and was like, this is the first time in my life I've really just not done well in something. And I accepted that. And you know, what was so beautiful is that Frenchie came out of that journey. Wow. When I say the manifestation works, it's because even when you think you want something or you're meant to do something and it's not working out, I am not kidding you that you will end up actually doing what you're meant to do years later. And it was based off, cause that's when I was like meeting with all these different doctors thinking something was wrong with me. Cause I had this 
stress and pressure of taking this thing over. And that journey led me to Frenchie. And I'm so grateful that I did go through those things. And not even with just Frenchie, I also was able to do an album about my anxiety and talk about those things and be vulnerable. And so it's pretty amazing. I would say your work and what you do and to help people and it's awesome. So yes, Heather has been so great. I have worked with her multiple times and I just feel like everything that I've been discussing with her is just like very much so close. And it's been such a, I do the DIs like every day. It's amazing. And they really work. (laughs) I agree. I agree. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'm like, when I told you this is the most important podcast, to be honest, because like I actively do this stuff and it's just changed my life. And I'm like so grateful. Oh, thank you for sharing. I'm so grateful to hear that as well. And just, it's really expansive. It's crazy what you were saying on the note, you know, with that makeup brand that you had taken over. I think about this all the time because, you know, originally I was acting like, and it was so much out of a trauma wound. If I look, I mean, I definitely think I'm a very expressive and artistic person. So it was, it was feeding a lot of those things, but I think the wound there were all the things that a lot of people get into acting for the wrong reasons to be loved. And it's fascinating because if I look at everything that I had desired from acting, I completely materialized and manifested in this brand. And I look at this brand every day and I'm like, oh my God, thank you that this was the route for me in particular because of like my energy levels and stuff. I literally physically could never do a 16 hour set day right now. There's just no way with how my body functions. And it's so beautiful to hear like, you had that situation going on. And then now Frenchie, which I believe is going to probably far surpass any any expectations you even have of it at this point. I think it's such an incredible brand, but that it also, all of the facets of Frenchie, it probably gives you such a greater umbrella than you were going to have with that prior company. You know, when I look back and I was like, okay, like I knew I wanted to make people feel beautiful. And and what I was trying to express was that like, I wanted to have people love themselves. It's not just, you know, like makeup. I mean, I've mentioned plastic surgery stuff on Frenchie and how my experiences have been negative and I have no judgment over any of that stuff. But I think that for me, it's about loving ourselves, truly loving ourselves and making decisions based off of that. And I think that you know, when Frenchie happened, the first story I shared was my explant surgery of the implants that I had. And that I finally was like really comfortable in my body as is, and that I had made some choices. I probably looked back at being like, this is, wasn't the best, but it's all about a journey. It's like, now I do have scars from that, but I'm actually really proud of those scars. And it's a journey to get there. And that even with anxiety, And all of these things that we go through, it really does take loving yourself to do the work because I think so many times people think there's quick fixes. Like I have a lot of friends who come to me about mental health stuff and saying that they are struggling and, you know, what have I done? And I said, well, you know, it's this book and this book has really helped me or another book can really help. And they're, they're sometimes like, well, how long does that take? And I'm like, well, how long have you had anxiety? Like a long time. Yeah, Yeah. But there are ways to get through it. And I think that Frenchie, to me, I 
am obsessed with because I just get to be vulnerable and I get to share these stories and I get to have this connection with this community that is just like so much deeper and completely different from what I thought I was going to do with this makeup thing. And I just, I love it. I love being able to help people. I love being able to share experts and share all of the things that have really worked for me in my life. And what, tell us what, because I'm not going to end on this note. Usually people end on this note, but tell us like what we can look forward to at this moment with Frenchie, because I know you have a few things that are coming up outside of the new line that you're going to be launching in it, but what can we look forward to right now or how do we engage with it? Yeah, right now, obviously I really wanted to connect even more with people. And so they can sign up and get text messages from me. And these text messages are just really like affirmations. And it's always been about like connecting even more with my audience. And with social media, it's so great because you have so many people following you, but I'm like, well, I don't get to connect with them separately, you know, like in any way. And so I really wanted to start connecting with them and just share things that help me throughout the day and make their day better. And so I did start that where you can sign up for, for text messages from me, but also we have this product line coming out, which has been such a joy. And honestly, I just want to keep growing the community and, you know, we have amazing experts, you know, everything from gut issues to hormones, to skincare, it's just like really trying to share all the knowledge and knowledge from others on everything that we go through and like what can make our lives better, I guess. So, and then there's like other things I'm working on besides Frenchie that are in development. I definitely miss acting. I wasn't comfortable acting in a scene with anybody in the first year of the pandemic. So I was like, you know, let me sit back for a minute. But I think having a baby does change you with work. And I think I've just become so much more focused and confident in what I deserve. And I, for years, have been wanting to play a character and do a certain type of show, TV show, that I kind of just kept on taking jobs just because I love working in the past. And I wasn't really focusing my attention on that. So I've been developing what that is. Ooh, that's in alignment with the work, getting really authentic. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's like everything that I have done, even when I was doing this Netflix show, I just felt it was like the most authentic approach to the character. I love the work that I've done with your program and, and to be magnetic. And I just am so grateful. Well, the piece that I just want to highlight there that I think you really have to pat yourself on the back in general is I think you're a lot like I am when you find something that will develop you or help you or make life better you go all in, you know, you're not looking for a quick fix. I'm the same way when I, I'm like looking for the thing that works. And when I find it, I go down the rabbit hole and deep. And so the fact that not only did you do that with your anxiety and continue to, and you're sharing it with others, but even when like approaching the work, TBM work, a lot of people will be like, they'll just kind of skim the surface or they won't go all the way or they won't make it a daily practice or et cetera, and they don't really see the benefits. And so I think that that's also something worth highlighting that you're really actively doing in so many facets of your life. If there's anything I would take away from the podcast episode, it would be that. It's like if you're going to try something and it resonates, go all the way in. Yes, I am very committed. I am someone who goes from like 
people say zero to a hundred. Like if I see a book or someone tells me about a book, that's really good. I am fully committed to it. Same. I feel like you have to be though, because sometimes if we are just scratching the surface, it's like we almost feel like non-deserving or kind of scared to change or have that courage that this could be like amazing, but you're almost like fearful of it. And I'm like, go 100% into the work because you deserve it and you deserve to be happy and live the life you want to live. Like I truly do believe that. I agree. Two last things that I want to ask you before, you know, letting you enjoy your day is you've been together with your husband for such a long time now, I feel, which is so rare in the industry. And he's a very grounded and beautiful, normal human being (laughs) when I met him. How does that work? Like, what are your tips there? Because it seems like you guys you know, we're really there for each other. You're really committed and it seems really healthy. Thank you. Yeah, he is honestly amazing. One of the biggest challenges so far is the first year of having a baby. doesn't matter how strong you are as a couple. Like we've been together almost eight years and like we hardly fight. And throughout the whole pandemic, like we love hanging out with each other. We just like very connected in that way where we love to like watch TV and like watch movies together. But then once you have a baby, your relationship definitely gets challenged. Things that are a little flaws about each other, I feel that don't bother you in the past bother you. (laughs) So I don't want to be like, oh my God, we're such a perfect couple. For sure. There are those days where I'm like, oh my gosh, Chris, pick up these clothes and like do this. And, and then he's probably annoyed with me about something, but He is truly an amazing person. I had horrible relationships before him. I had a relationship with someone four years on and off that treated me horribly. And I thought that was the guy I was like meant to be with. And I was trying so hard in that relationship because it was almost as if I was trying because to prove to myself that I could be in a relationship that long. I had this fear that I just had trouble committing to people, to be honest, growing up. And so at two years, we'd always break up. Every relationship I was in, I would try to be in a long relationship. And there's like people that were like, obviously not always two years, but there was this two-year curse, I would say. And I was like, oh my God, felt like I just didn't want to be with them. I just felt like I was not a committed person in a relationship and it was hard to commit. And so... I kind of put this on my last relationship. That was probably the problem. But in the beginning of a relationship, I'm like, I am going to make this work. However, he was not a really great person. And it was definitely a journey for myself that I had to realize throughout the moments that we were kind of off that I deserved better. And I just was like, this is not right. And I remember the last time I saw him, it was kind of this like cycle where it would be like, we'd break up and then he would be like, you know what, maybe we're, you know, like need therapy and like, we can do that. And then he would suck me back in. And so I remember the moment I was in Atlanta shooting something and I just like looked at myself in the mirror in like a cheesy way, but like for real, I had that moment where I was like, I deserve better. Ah, awesome. Am I, why am I allowing this to keep happening to myself? And clearly like my dad and mom were not fans of his. And my dad was just like, very real. I was like, he does not love you. Wow. I love your dad. It was like the sweetest thing. Cause my dad just is not like a very, I don't know how to explain it. Like my mom's very warm and loving and my dad's loving, but like 
also just very real, I guess. Like he has these amazing moments in my life where he always helps me in a really tough time. And he was so adamant that I don't keep going with him because he was just not a fan of his and hated how obviously he treated his daughter. But like he flew out to Atlanta to just like spend time with me while I was shooting this movie. And it was like so sweet because he's just like that type of dad. And it's awesome. But yeah, I just finally had to have that moment where I was like, I deserve better. And I had this feeling that the person I was meant to be with was in my life and very close. Like it was a very intuitive feeling. I said to my best friend, if I don't leave and exit this relationship, the person that I am meant to be with, I feel is so close to me and it will pass me by. And I'm not kidding you around three weeks later, Chris and I became Facebook friends because we had known each other for a while. Like I would see him at SoulCycle and kind of knew him from some friends and we followed each other on social media, but we weirdly became Facebook friends and we're like messaging each other. And two months later we were hanging out and it's so weird how my intuition was like very, very right. And obviously I didn't know what he felt about me, but the first night that I hung out with him, I like truly hung out with him because I didn't really know him very well. And I was like, I should really invite him out with my friends and like, just get to know him as a person. Cause he's so sweet. I looked at him and I was like, Oh my God, this is the guy I'm going to marry. Wow. I have the chills. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, and I wow. also, it was so weird. Cause I'd never thought that about anybody. And I also felt like I knew him when I first met him. I was like, gosh, he looks so familiar. I feel like we'd known each other. And he's like, no, we've never met each other before. But I had this weird feeling. So I don't know about past lives and if that's real, but like, I do think that Chris and I have been together multiple lives because mm. so natural with each other, but yeah, he's incredible. Eight months later, we never even talked about getting married and he asked me to marry him. <laughs> and then, oh. you know, a year later we were married and it's just, he is literally in times where I feel in the past, I have even with friends felt like, people sometimes don't get me or don't understand me or even with my family, like my mom, my sister are very much alike. And I feel like a little bit sometimes like the oddball with Chris, I feel like I truly, he knows me. Like I feel truly seen. He's just the most supportive man. And a lot of guys in my past have been very insecure next to me. And so because of that, they've tried to bring me down. Control or bring you down. Yeah, yeah exactly. Control. And a lot of my last relationship, it was a lot of work that I had to do because there, there was unfortunately, like, even when you think that someone can't bring you down, a lot of things get left with you that make you feel bad about yourself. And it's awesome to see how amazingly empowering he is and just wants to see me succeed and is just truly so talented himself with music and composing what, what he does. And it's just really... Yeah, he's, he's honestly one of the best, one of the best people. And on top of that, this is my conundrum I think I come up with all of the time. Obviously, we're both privileged enough to have support. How are you finding that work mothering balance? At first, it was really hard because a lot of my work is done at home right now. And so it's hard because I just want to be with her. <laughs> I just want to hang out with her all the time. But, you know, we have a nanny that has obviously been helpful because I, I'm not great when I don't have structure in my life. I'm so used to going to set and I thrive with a schedule. 
But if you leave me up to do my schedule, I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? <laughs> I'm like, how do I fix this? So I really have had to implement a schedule being home to get stuff done. You know, it's still, I think every day, a different, you know, still a balancing act. There's times where it's like, I've recently have had to travel for work. So traveling is, you know, definitely kind of feel a little bit back to myself before the pandemic of like what I used to do. And I'm like, oh, there's that old person that, you know, is coming out and like, it feels really good to be back at work in that way. But obviously you, you miss your baby. I feel like with her though, if I, you know, go back on set and, or when I go back on set and, and start working as an actress again, like, I love the idea of her experiencing that stuff with me. I just love being able to share that with her. I think that's really important for me is that, you know, I recently had done my campaign shoot for my product line in Malibu uh, for Frenchie. And it was so important to me that Chris brought Jupiter there to see me work because I really wanted her to see what her mom does. And when I found out I was having a daughter, I was so excited because, you know, a lot of the stuff that I've gone through in this business is that it hasn't been easy for me it hasn't come easy. And it's, there are times where I'm like, I quit. Like this is so hard on your soul, especially with the business side of things, really getting into like business and products. This is so hard. And like, so, you know, then it's like 90% rejection, which I've always been really great with rejection because I just don't take things personally on the acting side of stuff, but it's just, you go through things, you know, it's emotional. When a show doesn't get picked up, you're like so bummed. You created such a family with this cast and you're like, oh, why does this happen? But I've always just had to believe in myself. I've had to prove people wrong over and over again. What I've recently learned and what I've changed in the last couple of months, to be honest, doing your work with Heather is that I've always had to work so hard because I've never been the one that they're choosing. I've never, even for like high school musical, like I, they knew who they wanted. And I was like, but you have to see me. I'm on a Disney channel show. And they're like, well, I mean, well, yeah, we're well, sure. We'll just see you. But like, we already are screen testing. I would go in there and I knew I had so much against me and I've had to prove myself over and over and over. And I think I just got to this point recently and especially doing the work on to be magnetic is that I'm like, no, I deserve. And if it's not coming to me, it's not meant to be. And I, I feel great doing that because it takes out so much energy that I like would put into those. And I just don't have that time anymore being a mom. I deserve to do what I want to do. And I feel like that has definitely changed in my life. And so I, I really love being able to share that with my daughter on all of those experiences and just even being a woman in this business and fighting for what you believe in and for yourself. Completely. I love that. It's so wild. Max is actually much more passionate about this than I am. But whenever we're having events or anything like that, he's like, let's take Teddy. It's really important for him to see that whatever you desire is possible, whatever gender, whatever society is telling you it's possible. And so I think that's so beautiful that you brought that up. And it's going to be so important for her to grow up knowing that. And she already has an advantage being an Aries. That's something I forget. Just astrologically, yeah. 
shit happens pretty fast for them when they're unblocked. So it's great that she's growing up in this supportive and expansive family unit already. It's so awesome. And I think that's so great that your intention is that and that's what you're already up to. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, I loved meeting Teddy at that event. And <laughs> honestly, the cutest, I mean, obviously like, like my baby is the cutest, but I swear you're Clearly, yeah. so freaking cute. And like every, with the lemons that she eats and like how she <laughs> life is just so awesome. I love it. Like, it's just so freeing seeing her do what she does. Like, I'm just like, that is the coolest environment to grow up in. I think the same thing. I'm always, you know, checking out Jupiter at her classes. It seems like these classes are so brilliant because I don't even, I haven't even found any yet for Teddy and I need to get on that. But it seems like she's learning things a lot faster because she's at these classes I'm seeing. It's amazing. Jupiter observes the teacher so much and it's just like (gasps) so cute because she really is obviously into music. I mean, her dad plays every single instrument, but Last night we were having a dance party before she went to sleep and it was just like the music was taking her away. Like It was so cute. It was just like baby songs, but it was just like me and Chris were watching her and she had her hands up and she was just dancing. Oh, precious. It was so adorable to see her have so much fun. So yeah, we love those classes. Oh, I would love that. That sounds amazing. And my God, I'm just so grateful. We'll have to definitely have another podcast once you're getting ready to launch the line, you know, to come and tell us all about it. But this was so beautiful. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable. And um, we just love you. I love you. Oh, <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> I love you. Thank you so, so much. You're so welcome. Thank you so much for tuning into the episode, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, we did. And in case you're not totally ready to join the pathway yet, I wanted to share a few of our free offerings that I'll often suggest to people as a little bit of a blueprint to get them started on their manifestation journey. The first place I like to direct people completely for free is the motivation. You can see it linked below or on our homepage as our testimony library. And it's categorized by different subjects, whether you're calling in career, money, love, wellness, and much more. When you're reading about a member's experience of what they manifested, you're actually seeing to believe and showing your subconscious that that very thing is possible for you. The second place I like to direct people is to the free clarity exercise, which is also linked below. In it, you get to try our own unique hypnosis process, learn about the science and some journaling prompts. And the best part about this, you'll get a tiny taste of what it's like to go into your hypnotic state, bring your subconscious forward and create new neural pathways while receiving clarity. And the third thing, if you haven't listened to it on this podcast yet, please go back to the episode titled Manifestation 101, where you'll learn the basics of neural manifestation to truly understand this process. So go ahead and check out those free resources, the motivation, the free clarity exercise, and the episode Manifestation 101, all linked below. And in an effort to make sure to have representation in this process series, go ahead and submit any process testimonials you have, especially to our LGBTQ plus community, our BIPOC, as well as the WISE, which is anyone in the community who is 45 and over. All right, we'll be back next week.